down there care about down there whether young or old we want to share about down there talk about down there check it out down there know your body yaddy yaddy be aware down there we are talking about vaginas well not only vaginas there are a lot of other things down there yeah i guess there are and we need to be down there aware Welcome back to another episode of Down There Aware. We're in our new schedule. This is an every other week thing, so we're coming at you um, after having a week off. But we didn't have a week off. We put some TikToks up, so go check out our TikTok at Down There Aware. In fact, you can find us on all of our social media uh, at Down There Aware, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok. We're everywhere. And we also have a website. What do you think it is? Downthereaware.com. <laughs> We're, if anything, consistent. <laughs> so um, thanks for joining us today. You know, we play, we actually planned like several episodes in a row, and I'm really proud of us. Um, we had a planning day, and we got our planners <laughs> out, and we had stickers and colored pencils. And anyway, um, and today we wanted to talk a little bit about humor. And it might surprise you what, um, you know, what we found. We did our usual research, but we did some other kind of research <laughs> by watching the movie Patch Adams. <laughs> we decided that might be um, good to refresh our memories about that movie and give us a little insight. And interestingly enough, in doing research prior to that, I came across an article uh, in a Wellness Institute blog about uh, Robin Williams and how he used humor. Um, and a couple interesting things in that article. One was a quote from Dick Cavett, who was off stage when Robin Williams came um, off stage after his show. And he said, after the crowd was cheering, and he said, you know, this is, excuse me, Robin Williams said, isn't it funny how I can bring great happiness to all these people, but not to myself? And I thought that was quite interesting. And the article goes on to talk about using humor as a healthy way to cope or using humor uh, to deflect maybe your own feelings. And so I think... Um, that might be why it's kind of tough sometimes when people use humor because as the listener, you want to help where you can and take your cue from them, but you also aren't a psychologist necessarily. Maybe some of you out there listening are. And um, you don't want them to use it as a way to deflect uh, what they're feeling so it's, it's very complex. And I think sometimes we assume, um, you know, if someone's going through a tough time and they're using humor, that it is deflection and that it's like the tears of a clown kind mm -hmm. of thing. The tears of a clown. That's exactly what I was thinking about. But, um, you know, in some research that I found, they, they did a study, uh, the use of humor as a coping mechanism, psychological adjustment and social interaction. And they actually found that it was consistent. Humor was used consistently in depressed and not depressed populations. So, you know, while we might assume that it's deflection, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that that person 
isn't happy like Robin Williams was um, because people tend to use humor consistently. And it's interesting in the beginning of that um, article, they talk about cultural beliefs uh, that for centuries, you know, we say laughter is the best medicine. Let a smile be your umbrella. And I hadn't <laughs> heard this one, but pick up your troubles in your old kit bag and smile, smile, smile. Well, um, what is it? Here's mom trying to think of where that's from. Yeah, but, but get, get out the troubles. Come on, get happy. Is that where that's from? Yeah, something. something Forget like, your troubles. Come on. Get okay, happy. well, don't think too much. We'll get copyrighted. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so there were all of you know these cultural slogans and sayings that you know people just kind of knew. Um, but the study found that. Uh, laughter has a positive impact on people's reactions to interpersonal encounters. Yeah, I did read something about um, that's very similar to that, about how it can kind of break the ice. And um, of course, all these links are going to be on our website. Um, but how laughter and humor can break the ice between people who are strangers. And I think specifically, this was talking about medical personnel and patients. Um caregivers and patients uh so it it can break the ice and make it a little easier than afterward to discuss some hard topics absolutely i was struck by this quote um in the discussion of this article um that says compared to those who do not people who use humor to cope may make light of their own problems easing the burden experienced by others and they may provide others with more palatable read more humorous and less serious forms of support particularly appropriate for minor day-to-day -day problems such uh, ease and success may translate into greater enjoyment and a greater sense of efficacy or confidence in day-to-day -day interactions mm. so it really goes to show that you know breaking the ice is a real thing that a, a joke a quip you know can just kind of ease the tension and make people feel more comfortable yeah and you know some people humor is just how they live that's really what gets them through good bad and in different times you know um, they don't have to have a crisis or a trauma to use humor but they use it for everything else and so if some crisis or trauma rears its ugly head then that's the way they deal with it because that's the way they deal with everything yeah and you just you know kind of expect people to be consistent in who they are and not change I mean I know the people I would consider my quote funny friends um, if something happened to them and they weren't funny anymore I would be really concerned about them, you know, because they weren't making light of their situation. Yeah. I, I read in another article, um, a woman, mother of two who was diagnosed with bilateral breast cancer. And, um, she was talking about how important it was to her to use humor. She said, it just makes things less awful as someone who will live with this disease for the rest of my life to never laugh again would be horrific. And, you know, so think about that. If somebody feels like they can't use humor just because they have a dreaded disease or terminal illness, um, to look at the rest of their life and figure they can't laugh anymore. Well, and regardless of if you have a terminal illness or not, life's just too short to take it seriously all the time. Mm. You know, we just we need humor. Well, and I, she goes on to say, and I think this is just as important 
Uh, not everybody finds it, meaning humor, not everybody finds it helpful. It can be hurtful if the timing isn't right or the situation isn't right. So you just have to be careful with it. And um, I think that's really a good point. I know um, when Alex got her diagnosis, Alex and I, we kind of joke about a lot of things in you know regular life. And when she got her cancer diagnosis, I tried to take my cue from her. I wish I could remember one time I thought I was being funny <laughs> and um, it was too soon and she got all upset. And I think that was early on. So that kind of helped me um, realize that I couldn't, it couldn't be business as usual. I really had to wait and take my cue from her. But I do remember sometimes where you would kind of walk on eggshells and tiptoe and say, well, I wasn't sure. And I was, it just, the mood changes, right? Like yeah. it, sometimes your feelings are big and sometimes they're small. And so, you know, you really just have to kind of read the room mm -hmm. constantly. And that's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a good skill to learn anyway. <laughs> well, yes, very true. Just uh -huh. a good social skill to have. Yeah. Several of the articles I read, though, and this is why humor is so important, said things like uh, the physical act of laughing produces endorphins, and those endorphins help to alleviate pain. Just think about that in itself. If, um, you know, if you have a terminal illness or any kind of trauma and you're dealing with physical pain, uh, you want every little bit of help you can get. And if you can get some kind of relief from laughing, that's no drugs, you know, no other kind of treatment that's going to make you sick. Um, that's a pretty great help. Uh, this article goes on to say humor can also lessen anxiety and discomfort, allowing cancer patients to talk more openly about their concerns and fears. And it also can boost the immune system. Yeah. I read somewhere that, um, laughter has been called internal jogging <laughs> and that it um utilizes every part of your physiology wow so ev while you're laughing every part of your physiology is active um and so you know some people who have been in bed a long time or you know need to get moving and grooving maybe laughing is kind of that first step i i did read another article about um, somebody who went for their first chemo treatment and, uh, I, I think it was their mother was with her, her mother was with her and, um, they were sitting waiting, I guess, to go in and, um, talking about, you know, how life was and how things were. And the woman with cancer said, well, how bad can it be? I, what, what's the worst that could happen? I could get cancer. And, um, they just, broke out dying laughing and everybody else in the waiting room just stared at them like <laughs> how can you be doing this and so they talked a little bit about how um they need to be sensitive to other people but they were just reacting like they normally do and it brought me back to many many times when I've been with my sisters <laughs> in hospital waiting rooms for one reason or another and we all have pretty loud voices and pretty loud <laughs> if any of your sisters are listening right now you should comment and talk about just how loud you guys can be when you're together and especially when we laugh we um we all like to laugh and we do some pretty pretty big belly laughs anyway it brought me back to that and I thought about that and we have been conscious 
you know, people in the waiting room are sitting there with some of their relatives are dying. And so have we sat in the waiting rooms with the same thing. Um, but everybody's not in a place where they can laugh. No. And I also feel like we maybe laugh, um, when other people wouldn't laugh, <laughs> like inappropriate, like humor? inappropriately. <laughs> I'm thinking back to one of my favorite stories. You, if you know me, you've probably heard it before, but, um, my aunt passed away from ovarian cancer and we were having her funeral service. And <laughs> see, as soon say. as I talk about this, everybody knows what I'm going to say. But um, I made a slideshow for her with pictures and music and whatever. And it was supposed to play when the pastor was done giving his sermon. Well, the pastor's entire sermon was about how he just did not understand how people could not believe in heaven and that there was something else after. And that w- his entire sermon was about that. And as soon as I pressed play after he was finished and the slideshow and the slideshow began, we hear Paul McCartney. Imagine there's no heaven. And I I was sitting at the front and the rest of our family was kind of a little bit behind me. And I turned around and just died (laughs) laughing. Now, if anybody knows, I I mean, after the uh, funeral, I just looked at my mom and I said, Maggie would have loved that. (laughs) Like she would have gotten a kick out of that. Yeah. And so, you know, for us, it was appropriate for our family. Right. But some visitors who weren't aware (laughs) may not have known. Well, we had no idea what the pastor was going to talk about. And, you know, we wanted to play Beatles music for Maggie. She loved it. Peace and love. (laughs) Um, Well, so, you know, kind of transitioning from just generic humor's coping mechanism. Um, I wanted to specifically look at humor in relation to cancer patients. In 2004, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, now get that, (laughs) there's an association, um, uh, defined uh, therapeutic humor. Any intervention that promotes health and wellness by stimulating a playful discovery, expression, or appreciation of the absurdity or incongruity of life's situations and can be used as a com- complementary treatment uh, of illness to facilitate healing or coping, whether physical, emotional, cognitive, social, or spiritual. And I just think it's really cool that... Um, People are actually considering humor as therapy, not necessarily going to get rid of cancer by laughing it out of my uterus, but, you know, as something that can help you heal emotionally and spiritually and socially, um, it's a really crucial part sometimes. I think we as a society and the medical community, as time goes by, is beginning to, are beginning to look at us as whole beings and um if you get a diagnosis you don't just get that uh issue treated that um that's why we have music therapists that's why we have psychologists um we have uh, immunotherapies we have alternative medicine um I think we're beginning to see that opening up and looking at everyone as a whole human being and wholeness of uh, treatment and um, recovery is the way to go. And, you know, it's not new. Um, In fact, Florence Nightingale is quoted in 1946 as saying, 
it is a matter of painful wonder to the sick themselves how much painful ideas predominate over pleasurable ones in their impression. The fact that these painful impressions are far better dismissed by a real laugh, if you can excite one by books or conversation, than by any direct reasoning. Or if the patient is too weak to laugh, some impression from nature is what he wants. I have mentioned the cruelty of letting him stare at a dead wall. Mm. And it's just, you know, even back then when she was crafting what nursing would be today, um, she was considering the whole patient. And I think that might be why nurses have a little better understanding of (laughs) bedside (laughs) manner of patient whole, you know, that holistic approach. Um, not saying doctors aren't wonderful. However, I think doctors tend to be more clinical, whereas nurses are much more holistic. Yes. And in, uh, one of the articles I read, it was specific to nursing, um, when it talked about how important humor was to healing. And I think it was specific to nurses because um, they're the ones who are in the room more than anybody else other than family, maybe, and maybe even more than family, especially now during COVID. And so um, how it can really be a tool they can use. You know, I was just about to say another article I read, um, but really, there is so much research done on humor. Um, and so I actually found an article, The Use of Humor in Patients with Recurrent Ovarian Cancer. It's so specific. Um, and I get that that's what research is. But, you know, to find something that relates to, you know, being down, down there, there aware, aware and all of that. Um, so before I get into the the actual study, it's interesting to note that recurrent ovarian cancer um, women who have it, 75% of them with advanced stage disease will have recurrence. Mm. 75% of women with advanced stage ovarian cancer will have a recurrence. And as we know, ovarian cancer is very rarely caught early on. Yeah. So most people who are being diagnosed with ovarian cancer will have a recurrence. And actually tennis player Chris or Chrissy Evert um, recently came out with uh, the fact that she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer stage 1C. Um, and hers is an interesting story. Her sister died from ovarian cancer. And before she died, she had genetic testing. Um, and it came back that one of the BRCA genes was mutated um, and showed you know, a tendency to develop several cancers, including ovarian cancer. So her sister, Chrissy Evert, went ahead and had a hysterectomy. She was at that point in her life and just made that decision as a preventative preventative measure. measure. And it came back that she had cancer, ovarian cancer Mm -hmm. that they found in her fallopian tube. More on that later. We're still really confused about it, but it was diagnosed as ovarian cancer that she had no symptoms. It was completely preventive, preventative medicine. Um, and likely her sister saved her life. Yeah. Had they not done the genetic testing, they wouldn't have known and um, she wouldn't have had the preventative surgery. Uh, so I'm a huge proponent of genetic testing. You know, if you, we've been through it with our heart condition and uh, we continue to see with cancer how important it is. I mean, I went through genetic testing before I had my hysterectomy even. I mean, like it was pretty or pretty soon after. It was very, very quick in the process. So we definitely support that. 
in this article about humor and recurrent ovarian cancer, um, it talks about how important it is to trust your healthcare professionals um, and that being able to use humor um, is when there is a trusting relationship. And usually not like the first time you meet your doctor, <laughs> you usually kind of build that rapport. Um, and so, but it was interesting. Um, it says, whereas it is, often hard for caregivers to find an opportunity to use humor while interacting with cancer patients. It is clear from the lay literature and internet sites devoted to humor in cancer that patients commonly find humor in these interactions. And it immediately took me to one of my favorite Instagram accounts and I'll link it on the website and in our show notes called thanks cancer. <laughs> and they have some hilarious memes and stuff. One um, says Finishing with a cancer treatment like, fortunately, the bad days are over. Now it's time for even worse days. <laughs> and, you know, like, it's funny, but you get it and how it sucks, you know. Um, and so there was one where they tweeted something to the effect of, um, when you go in for chemo treatments, fill a tequila bottle with water and see how many shots you get in before a nurse becomes concerned. <laughs> And it's just, you know, because like we said at the beginning of the episode, just because you're in a crappy situation doesn't mean you can't have humor in your life and you can't have joy in your life. Well, and I think if we understand more about humor and um, how positive it can be in our overall health, that maybe that will give us a little bit of motivation to um, try to include humor and laughter in our lives, even in the dark times, in the bad times, even more so. Um, you know, certainly people need time to grieve and we want people to process all of those emotions, but just knowing that it can help you with pain relief, opening up your blood vessels, uh, releasing endorphins, um, that's a good motivator to try to find the joy. It really is. And, you know, I will stress again, let the patient lead you. Mm. Let the patient determine their comfort level with adding humor into things because it can be daunting, um, you know, to make light of a serious situation. You never want to be flippant, uh, you know, at all. Um, and, you know, sometimes humor can be perceived as degrading or even uncaring um, for people with the illness. Uh, but if you have a rapport with that person and you know that, it's going to work and it's going to be funny and fine. Go for it. Cause more, more often than not, that person would really appreciate, um, you know, that door being open to, okay, I can be comfortable with you. I can be funny with you. I can joke about this with you. Well, like we talked about earlier, it does break the ice. A lot of times, you know, it's, it's tough to know what to say to people who are going through a tough time. And, um, so if you can break the ice and feel like you're opening and starting to build a bridge or uh, create a bond, that's a good thing. It really is. So, you know, we hope this gave you a little bit to think about. And, you know, cancer is serious and it's deadly and it's all of these things. But you know what? At the end of the day, we're all human and humor helps us cope with situations that are tough, heal from situations that are difficult and grow and even, you know, prevent some stress and anxiety and open up those blood vessels. And it can really be a healing property. 
Don't forget, these episodes are now coming at you every other week or every second and fourth Monday. I can't even say that with a straight face because <laughs> mom thinks that if we don't say it's the second and fourth Monday, people won't know. But you know how you can know? <laughs> you can know if you subscribe. Oh, you just want to do it because it's contrary to what I said. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But regardless regardless all you gotta do click subscribe and you will get a notification that we have posted a new episode and that's what you want you want to ding down there where so um, be sure to subscribe and if you haven't already give us a like give us a follow um, rate us hopefully five stars and leave us a review because all of that helps the metrics and helps get the word out we also want you to be on the lookout. So follow all of our social channels at Down There Aware, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, all those places, and our website, downthereaware.com, because we have a special announcement coming before our next episode airs um, all about World Cancer Day. World Cancer Day is recognized on Friday, February 4th this year. Um, so in the next week or so, you will get some awesome news um, coming from all of our Down There Aware accounts about World Cancer Day. So be on the lookout for that. We are so excited to share this opportunity. This is Alex popping in as editing Alex. So, um, you know, I admit when I'm wrong and I am wrong. Um, every other week doesn't work. <laughs> Mom's two second and fourth uh, Monday of the month works. So, um, you won't get us for two weeks uh, at the end of January, but in the beginning of February, but you will get us on February 14th. So the second and fourth uh, Mondays, we are launching episodes still. If you just subscribe, you'll get that notification. And this is my formal apology to my mother who will hear this for the first time while she's listening and doing the show notes. Thanks for listening. 